It's your lucky day, Radio Milwaukee listeners. We're not done talking. This week on Uniquely Milwaukee, we're talking about hair and also where men fit in the body positive movement. I'm here with Element, who's hey. been kind of co-hosting with me with the series. Yeah. A little bit like my older big sister that's giving insight <laughs> to these stories. And Element, I just want to say that you really listen to these audio stories in such a different way that I do that you keep bringing up things that I never think about. And right. that's why I love storytelling because we all connect with it in a different way. But, you know, working on this, I have had a lot to say about my hair. Mm-hmm. And I just wanted to talk to you about that. What's your relationship like with your hair? Oh, goodness. Um, my hair has been such a friend. It really mm. has. I When I was young, I remember asking my mother to braid my hair in these beads and I'll give you a visual that people can go Google. Uh, Google Serena Williams and and Venus with their beads. Mm. You know, these beads all over my head and I would shake them just to hear like the clink clink sound. And my mom would press my hair on special occasions where you had to hold your ear so you didn't get your ear burned. But you know, I my hair has been through so much and it's it's always it's so resilient mm-hmm. you know i think with black women we struggle with americans beauty standards yeah and the beautiful thing is today we don't have to consider that very much anymore yeah. but growing up you didn't want your hair to affect your your life you didn't mm-hmm. want it to affect whether or not you got that job or that promotion but you also wanted to culturally represent who you are and it was yeah. such a struggle to do that i i completely get that and i you know i was actually looking up studies for this and there was a a survey conducted by dove in 2019 mm-hmm. so very recent mm-hmm. that eight out of ten women feel pressure to wear their hair a certain way and still feel like it's one of the top things that they get judged on yeah you mentioned that, you know, the needle is moving to a positive thought. And now we don't really like think about that as much. But back in the day you did. Yeah. Can you paint a bit of a color to, you know, being in that headspace of wanting to get that job, but also wanting to be true to your identity? Because hair is such a powerful representation of our identity as well. Well, early on, well, straight out of high school, I was in a girl singing group. Mm-hmm. And in the 90s, it was all about the straight hair the asymmetrical cut, you had SWV, you had Aliyah who had the long hair, you had TLC who all had different types of hair, but they were all straight hair or very lightly wavy, which is chilly from TLC. So that was the look. I was in this girl group and that was just kind of our look. We had this bone straight hair, which I would get relaxed with the chemical relaxer Mm. that burned But that was what you did. It was just a standard if you wanted your hair to be bone straight. And relaxing that curl meant that your hair was going to eventually thin because your hair, our hair naturally wants to be thick and full and twirl and twist. And when you relax it, pieces of your hair starts to slowly break off. So it does thin out quite a bit. And the more you relax it, the more damage it does to your hair. And not even just your hair, but your scalp. And it creates all of these issues like seborrheic dermatitis, which is an extra production of sebum on your scalp. And for black people, that is traumatic because Mm -hmm. sebum is supposed to go down their hair shaft and moisturize the end of your hair. But with our hair, 
it only makes it halfway down because our hair is curled, which means our hair needs to have moisture at the end. Mm -hmm. If you're relaxing your hair, you're not really paying attention to your ends. So it's breaking from the top and it's breaking from the bottom. And that's what happens. So you, you know, you answered the first question with like, you see your, your hair as a friend. Yes. But you put it through some damage when you were young. It's it's a love-hate relationship. (laughs) You know, like my hair is probably so tired of me, but, (laughs) but the reality is I had to go through certain points in my life and do certain things with my hair to see where I wanted to be ultimately. And there was a point where I had really straight hair and I told my stylist, I was doing a hair show, which was big back then. Right. All these people came together and they basically did a fashion show, but it was the fashion was your hair. Yeah. I told them, I said, bleach my hair, do whatever you want, because tomorrow I am cutting it off. Mm, wow. And he bleached my hair white, put some white extensions in it. And I had on all black and I really looked like Storm. Yeah. Right. So that was the look we were going for. I love that. And I came home. My mother was so upset yeah and I said oh don't worry about it I'll take care of it tomorrow and tomorrow came and the way I took care of it was I took my brother's like clippers and I shaved my head wow off. how did that feel was it empowering it Were was, you nervous scared? it was terrifying yeah. I was not terrified that I was a dark-skinned woman walking around with white hair yeah but I was terrified about shaving it off mm. and I don't know why but I was okay with it because mm-hmm. it was the plan. Yeah. And I think having that white hair forced me to do it because <laughs> I knew I wasn't going to walk around for the rest of yeah. my life with white hair. But after that, I grew out my hair natural and I had locks for 10 years. Mm-hmm. So you have a beautiful daughter, Karma. Mm. Is hair a part of a conversation that you're having Oh my there? goodness. Hair is definitely a part of our our our, our daily relationship and and conversations. I mean, karma has the ideal hair for a black woman. And I'm not even joking when I say this. She's 12 years old. Her hair is in the middle of her back. She has thick hair strands and she has a ton of follicles. So when you see women with this huge hair that moves when they move, it bounces when they bounce. It's like this big the only thing I can relate it to, and this is going to sound so horrible, is like a clown wig. Yeah. <laughs> because when she shakes it, it just moves and it just stays there. It doesn't fall. It just It's so beautiful. Yeah. And I saw a picture of this artist that painted this tree, the background of the building where a tree was growing to look like a face. And that's what my daughter's hair looks like. It's like a huge tree of hair. And it's mm. so gorgeous. That you would always, you would almost think that it's not hers. Yeah, it's beautiful to see like life being perceived as other forms of life, like mm-hmm. the nature. I yes. love that the tree and the hair. So hair. you know, we we've talked a lot about my hair and what my experience is. What has your experience yeah. been with your hair? Well, um, it's really funny because I I don't really have issues with my hair, but. I, I really do love it. I get complimented on it a lot. But I used to wear the headscarf. That's where so, I was going yeah. with this. So as a Muslim woman, I really I feel like we can't really talk about hair without really mentioning covering hair. Yes. The hijab, which li- literally means cover. Mm-hmm. And it's a garment worn by Muslim women um, to cover their hairs. And I think... I think about movements these days. I think about things that are happening happening in Iran where women are protesting and removing their headscarves and cutting their hair. 
um, against Iran's strict hijab rules. And I, I want to preface this is not religious. It is a government. 22-year-old um, Masha Amini died, actually, and she was arrested by mortality police in Tehran for wearing her headscarf too loosely. And under custody, she died from a heart attack. Mm. And in response, an uproar in Iran and worldwide, uh, women were taking off their headscarves, you know, waving it in the air, chanting freedom. And in our literature, cutting your hair is a sign of mourning. If someone passes away, oftentimes people do cut their hair. Um, and sometimes in this case, it's a symbol of protesting. Mm -hmm. So, um, and it was just like a really beautiful way of saying that like, they're gonna go against the standard of what we should look like. I love that for them. And I think it's a beautiful way of showing resistance. But I think, I think I become a bit hesitant when these stories arise because of the Islamophobia that happens. Mm -hmm. Because hijab can be a symbol of, for some people, oppression. Yeah. And a symbol of liberation for others. Mm -hmm. um, and there's like this obsession with hijab that I see from the Western society of that. And, and this is really important to talk about for bodies because Arab men are seen as barbaric, as seen as um, hostile, as seen as savage and cruel, where Muslim women, because they're covering their hair, are seen as docile, as seen as um, powerless, obedient. Um, and those viewpoints can really like have harmful consequences. Mm -hmm. And oftentimes they lead to violence. So even though it's like the most visible representation of Islam, I think it's very misinformed. And the one thing I just want to strive is that when we're having conversations about our bodies, it's important to let go of that judgment and biases mm -hmm. and really reinforce that we have agency over our body. So I don't know. I've been really thinking about that, thinking about, I remember I wore a headscarf and I, I, I took it off because I, the, 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 there, it's not it's not forced upon women and there's different for some people they believe that had hijab is wearing a headscarf other there's other also pillars and it just means modesty so i follow through of like modesty of self my inner self my mm -hmm. actions how i treat people and such um but i do remember you know like post 9 11 my mom wore a headscarf and she took it off because she didn't feel comfortable and safe um and i remember when I, cause I wore my, I wore a hijab when I was really young cause I went to an Islamic school. So I wore it from fourth grade to sixth grade and it was mm -hmm. kind of just like part of my uniform and I was a lazy kid and didn't want to do my hair. And when I took it off, I had, a, I had a really hard time styling my hair and feeling pretty because mm -hmm. it just, I just didn't know what to do with it. But now I see it as just, I don't know. I really don't think about my hair regardless if it's not tied with the headscarf because I do, I, the way I see it is that for Muslim women, hair is a big conversation about control. Yeah. Whether you should cover it up or you should remove a headscarf. And it all goes back to autonomy and agency and just reminding people that let people do what they want with their bodies and let people celebrate their bodies however they want. You know, yeah. I think it's interesting when you talked about once you removed your hijab, you didn't know what to do with your hair. I had that same experience when I decided to take my locks down. Yeah. And most people didn't know that you could take locks down, mm -hmm. but I took my locks down when I was pregnant with my first child, and it took about three months because I really wanted my yeah. hair. I did not want to cut my hair. I had yeah. grown my hair for 10 years. And when I did, I had all of this hair. 
salami. It was so long. Yeah. It was so incredibly thick. <laughs> and it was just obnoxious. You know what I mean? Right. I had this garbage bag full of loose hair that had come oh out in God. the process. It was one of those big, hefty bags full yeah. of loose hair. And... When I would pull my hair down, it would just keep going. So it was yeah. a little bit past my tailbone. And that's like a terrific accomplishment yeah. in the black community. If you could keep your hair healthy so that it would grow that long. The problem had been that prior to that, I had relaxed hair. Mm-hmm. So it would have been easier to maintain. Then I had locks, which I just had to wash condition and go now i have all of this hair and i have no idea what to do with it see yeah that happened when i was young but also again during the pandemic because i cut my hair into a short bob Mm -hmm. which that was cute (laughs) it was cute (laughs) it was i really liked it and i think it suits me Mm -hmm. but there were moments where i will i will not lie like i didn't feel feminine Really? I also felt exposed. And I think it might be, and not to keep bringing this up, I know I keep bringing this up, but I, the weight gain, like I wanted hair to like cover your cheeks me. or something. Yeah. Like, yeah. So it's interesting how like we have these relationships and we have to like also challenge our own views of beauty. Exactly. And understand why do I feel this way? Because I, I did think it was cute and I did get compliments on my short hair. and um, It definitely was yeah. cute. Thank you. Thank you. And I also dyed it red underneath. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had fun with a little it. little peekaboo. Yeah, a little peekaboo moment. <laughs> but on, on my lowest insecure moments, I was like, oh, I wish I had longer hair to right. like, just protect me. Um, and even now. And showcase with, my femininity. Now with my hair, I still have fairly long hair it's probably to the middle of my back yeah. but you don't see it no at all yeah because it's i keep up. it braided up mm-hmm. and i keep crochet braids in it and you know i was thinking about do i tell this story and i'm gonna do it i feel it. like yeah I'm you're like leaning to it. it why not it's a bonus so, episode baby right let's just do it let's <laughs> put her out there so when i was probably about seven years old my mom was leaving to go to a concert for this artist that was in our city that she absolutely loved. And my mom had tailbone hair. She had tailbone length hair. And a lot of the women in my family have really thick, long hair. So it was nothing special, right? So she said she was going to the salon. Mm-hmm. She came back to get ready for the concert. And when I tell you my mother had, her hair was so short, she had shaved it off in the back. Wow. And it was like this little pixie cut. And she said, do you like it? And I was mortified. (laughs) I cried. Who are you? I cried the entire time (laughs) because it was so tied to like beauty and the standard of beauty in my family, Mm -hmm. which is very unique because it wasn't, you didn't see a lot of black women with really, really long hair. And I was so traumatized. Mm -hmm. And she said, well, I like the artist that I'm going to see. And her hair is cut like this. The artist was Anita Baker. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. So if for those of you out there who know what Anita Baker looks like, imagine your mom leaving for the salon with tailbone length hair and coming (laughs) back with Anita Baker. Anita Baker hair. I was so traumatized. Mm -hmm. And I think for me... Now, as a parent, my daughter has half of her hair is green. Mm. The other half is purple. She has braids. Yeah. She can do whatever she wants with her hair as long as her grades are good. Right. You know, but I, 
I don't want to restrict her in any way. I want her to be as free as she wants to be. If she wants to cut it, if she wants to do a peekaboo color underneath, I want her to have that form of self-expression because I want her to know that, yes, it's a part of your body. Yes, it can tell people how you feel, but no, it doesn't make you who you are. You make it what it is. And not a lot of people have parents that will give them that gift. Oh, 100%. Yeah, I love that for her because I did not grow up with that. <laughs> see, this is, oh my God, this is bringing up so many things. Yes. Because, see, I, you know, when you asked me what's your relationship with your hair, I completely didn't even think about this, but you just talking about your your kid and karma and how, you know, you have, she has an agency to express herself. Mm-hmm. That was never something that I could do as a young person or yeah. in my household. Um, my parents weren't strict in a sense of like, you know, like socially and stuff, but they want me and my sister to look a certain way and that is put together. Mm-hmm. I think it's just maybe the immigrant mentality of like, you need to get as far as you can in life. So mm-hmm. if you have colored hair, if you have piercings, if you have tattoos, that's going to derail you from that. Mm-hmm. So I was always the kid that wanted purple hair, green hair, pink hair, and I could never do that. And I want, it's also like the idea of a Middle Eastern beautiful woman has long, thick, Dark, dark hair. hair. Yeah. I asked my mother for a jerry curl one yeah. year when I turned 13. That's the only thing I wanted. And I want you to think of the old Eazy-E and NWA, like the curls that they had. Yeah. The, all of my hair fell out. Yeah. All of it. it. It was just not from my hair texture was not good for it. My hair length. All of it just it just fell out. And my mother was so distraught because Long hair in my family was prized. Yeah. So she, you know, I did a bunch of braids. I did all of these things to get my hair to grow back. But it was never the same. Yeah. You know, once it fell out from that chemical. And I think I think for Mm. what you're saying is is true. Like once you have this family beauty standard that is based on societal beauty Mm. norms, it becomes a part of who you are in mm-hmm. your lineage and whether or not you're a good child or a bad child if you can obtain it you yeah. know to be it's honest like you're like it's your worthiness a bit yeah. to follow through that line and I don't think my parents like knew what they were doing obviously like I, I get I completely get why and it's like it's not in the grand scheme of things it's like obviously parents are gonna be like no don't color your hair or don't cut your hair short. Right. it's not like anything big but I, I a big big goal of mine is to buzz cut my hair one day ah, I can't wait yeah. I can't but wait. I, I like want to do it, but I don't know if I will because I of that tying into losing that identity as a Middle Eastern woman or losing my beauty. And I think it's something that I have to work on because even though I'm having these conversations with people, I still have that unconscious belief that my hair being long and that is more beautiful. And know? we are tribal too. Yeah. And if this is something that's associated with a tribe that you are so proud to be a part of, part of you wants that individuality to do it. Yeah. But the other part wants to be like that, like that model person, yeah. you know, and you want to set that example. So when people see you, they say, Oh my God, she's a beautiful yeah. Fill in the blank woman. Yeah. You know, and if you're doing something to derail that, if you're doing something to derail that, how do you still represent? Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Element, for spending extra time with me talking about this. Yeah. This is so great. Yeah. I think, you know, I'll just, I'll, I'll end it with this. I have twin toddlers and I brought this to show. Oh. One of them has dreadlocks and the other one has braids in his hair and it's a part of their separate 
identity. Mm-hmm. It's what makes them, yeah, they're twins. They'll tell you we have the same mom and dad and we were born at the same time, but it gives them a sense of individuality. Yeah. So I think that's important for every single person. And our height and our hair really does tell a story about who we are as an individual. And we need to prize that and love on that a little bit. I love that. If you enjoyed this bonus mini episode where Element and I dive deep and talk about our personal hair experiences, make sure to tune in to the rest of this month's Focus where we talk about bodies. We have candid conversations about the complicated relationships that we have with our bodies. You can, of course, find that wherever you find your podcasts and just type in Uniquely Milwaukee. Otherwise, head over to RadioMilwaukee.org. From Radio Milwaukee, this is Sadam Fathayad.